Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Hello, hello, my friends. I'm happy to be back with you today. We're talking about a really interesting, perhaps controversial topic today. We're going to be talking about obesity and whether labeling obesity as a disease is actually promoting fat shaming. So yes, a little heavy, maybe, but I think it's a really important conversation to have. And today, as I'm recording this, I'm looking outside and it is a stunning sunny November day. It's been so beautiful. I'm having a fabulous week. It's Friday. I'm looking forward to the weekend with my kids and my husband. So I hope you've all had a wonderful week also. I have gone through a process of learning to celebrate personal progress this week. I actually got some coaching myself. And one of the things that I got coached on was my inability to celebrate the progress of how I've, how far I've come in my business. And it was so interesting because it's exactly what I teach all the time to my clients. And on this podcast, that you have to celebrate your progress. You have to give yourself affirmation. And it was the exact thing that I was not doing in my business. And I was basically told by my coach that I had a mismanaged mind and I was begrudging my progress and then wanting to have more success and that wasn't going to work. So it just made me realize that, you know what, human brains are human brains. Whether you are working towards the healthiest version of you or you're working on building a business like me, our brains all work the same way, right? And we're all in this process of recognizing where our brains are not serving us. Anyway, so celebrate process and progress. Today's episode was inspired by a thread, actually, on a physician Facebook group that I'm part of. And to be totally honest, I don't follow the group a whole lot for various reasons, but I happened to get, I was tagged in this group as an obesity physician. And what happened was that one of the physicians had tweeted something about obesity being a disease. And I didn't actually see the original tweet, but she got a bunch of responses from the general public saying that she was fat shaming, that she shouldn't be using the word obesity, and that we shouldn't be making a person's body size a disease state. And so in her humility, she sought some advice from this group of like 9,000 women physicians on Facebook to see, you know, what is the language that we should be using and is obesity a real disease? And it was so fascinating to me to read through the comments because these are really amazing, intelligent, women physicians who could not even come to a consensus, right? And it just struck me that if we can't even come to a consensus in the medical community about the language we use to describe adiposity, body weight, fat on the body, or obesity, whether it's a disease or not, how are we expecting the general public to understand what we are talking about? So that's why I just wanted to come on here and have a conversation about this today. Is obesity a disease, right? Like the guidelines say so. So some people say obesity is a disease. Other people say, no, obesity is a risk factor. It's not a disease in and of itself. And still others say that calling obesity is a disease is shaming people with larger bodies. 
And then in this group, there were also lots of different opinions on appropriate language. Like, do we say obese people? Or do we say people with obesity? Do we say fat? Do we say larger body? So I don't have the answers to all these questions, by the way. I just want to make that really clear. Uh, This episode is really about just, you know, me trying to piece together some thoughts and some opinions and to initiate some, perhaps some reflection for you and for myself around a really complex issue. And I want to acknowledge right up front that I'm fully willing to be corrected. So if I say something that someone doesn't agree with, I would love to hear your side of the story. So feel free to contact me. Because I think that this is an area where there's a lot of gray and we don't have, I don't think there's any one right answer. So I'm going to try my best to present a few different sides to this story of whether obesity is a disease and what language we should be using, fully recognizing that in order to successfully present the other side, I would actually need to have someone, this should actually be an interview with someone who's part of the fat acceptance or body positivity or health at every size haze movement. And that is one of my plans, actually, for the podcast. I would really love to invite someone to present a different view. So I am actually looking for someone to come on from the Health at Every Size community. But for today, let's like I'm just going to start the conversation and kind of present what I see as, as the two sides or three sides or multiple different sides. Let's, let's see. Now, let's start with the, the medical view. And again, given the opinions in the Facebook group of women physicians in Canada, there is clearly not a consensus, but I will tell you what the official Obesity Canada position is and what the Canadian obesity guidelines say. So the World Health Organization recognized obesity as a chronic disease in 1948, but it wasn't until 2013 that the American Medical Association and then in 2015 that the Canadian Medical Association gave obesity that same designation. Now, in order to understand why this like what this recognition means, we need to actually start by going over the currently accepted definition of obesity. So obesity is characterized by the accumulation of excess body fat, or what we call adipose tissue. And moving forward, I'll probably say the word adiposity. So I'm referring to body fat. That can negatively impact our physical, mental, or metabolic health, as well as our overall quality of life. What I want to point out is that in this definition of obesity, it is not about body shape or size. So having a larger body doesn't necessarily mean obesity. In this definition, obesity is defined by the health consequences of the metabolically active adipose or fat tissue. According to this definition then, if you have a larger body but you're healthy and you're happy, then you don't have obesity. And I believe that this is a really important distinction that gets lost when we're arguing back and forth about body shape and weight and all of that stuff. You'll also notice that BMI is not found in the definition of obesity. And herein lies one of the biggest problems that we have in the medical community. So while we don't characterize obesity according to BMI, we still use BMI as the measure in studies around obesity and to determine if someone qualifies for medications or for bariatric surgery. So it's this really silly paradox that we have. Like we all know that BMI is a terrible measure of health and we say that obesity isn't defined by BMI, but then we also use BMI to define obesity in research and treatment, right? So it makes no sense. And this is where we just need to do better. Now, going back to the medical community's definition of obesity, the movement to characterize it as a chronic medical condition was prompted by the need to secure more research funding, right? And when 
we all thought of obesity as a lifestyle choice, then it didn't get the attention of government funding for research on prevention and treatment. But by defining it as a disease, then it gets the proper funding. And the definition of a disease is an impairment in, I believe I believe it's an impairment in form and function that affects health and has signs and symptoms. And so the argument would be, well, you know, obesity does impair health. You know, there are metabolic complications, there are psychological complications, there are mechanical complications, and there are signs and symptoms. So we can look at waist circumference, we can look at, you know, adiposity on the body, we can look at signs of underlying insulin resistance like acanthosis nigricans or skin tags. So that would be the argument for obesity being a chronic condition, uh, chronic medical condition or chronic disease. And the other part of the definition of obesity being a disease is that we recognize that excess adiposity or obesity has been recognized to be influenced by a lot of different factors and it's not a behavior. So let's make that really clear. Obesity is not a behavior. Do behaviors play a role in the accumulation of body fat? Sure. But that is really not the whole story. In fact, weight is greatly influenced by our genetics and what we're exposed to in the womb, which is called epigenetics. In fact, it's estimated that 70 to 80% of our weight is determined by our genes. Obesity is also understood to be in part a hormone-related disorder and then in part a brain-related disorder. So it's called an endocrinopathy or a hormone issue, as well as a brain issue because of the science showing that it's the hypothalamus, which is a part of your brain that can have impaired regulation of energy intake and expenditure that leads to weight gain and appetite dysregulation. Then there are all the other factors that impact body weight, so, or adipose tissue. There are things like your food environment that you're exposed to that you don't have control over and that is highly funded to get you to eat more and buy more right? There's how the media influences behavioral patterns. There's your financial status and what you can afford to improve your health. There's medications you might be taking for other conditions. There are the other medical conditions themselves, which may also contribute to weight gain. Mental health, the local infrastructure, like how walkable your neighborhood is. All of these many different inputs can affect your weight and your body adiposity beyond just your diet and how much you hit the gym. In my practice, when I've explained the complexity of obesity as a chronic disease rooted in genetics and influenced by all these different factors, what this has allowed me to show my patients is that obesity is not their fault. It's not that they have a character flaw or they're lazy or they've, quote, done this to themselves, but rather they have a medical condition that has been inadequately treated by the flawed diet industry and can be improved with effective evidence-based treatment. In my experience, the phrase, it's not your fault, has empowered so many people and relieved them of a lot of their own intrinsic weight bias, right? Their own thoughts that like, I'm a failure. I've done this to myself. I should be ashamed. That is intrinsic weight bias. And I really feel passionate about countering that and alleviating that for people and with people. Now, where I start to diverge from some of the obesity medicine community and their messaging is here. I have observed a push toward the idea that obesity is a disease and therefore you need to take medication or have surgery to treat it. This is where I no longer agree. Now, I don't want to blame Big Pharma or any specific group, but there is a push to make obesity a disease of a family doctor who can just prescribe a medication and it's done and done. 
And I really do not agree with that. In my opinion, it's the same way our medical system treats type 2 diabetes, right? Although we know that, quote, lifestyle changes are first line for a person who has developed diabetes, most physicians do not have adequate training on how to coach patients through those lifestyle changes. So patients may get like a little lesson from a dietitian on what a carb, protein, and a fat is, and then they're left to their own devices, right? And without understanding the psychology of eating, the complexities of how to actually change behavior, how our culture and our lifestyle affects our ability to stick to a eating pattern or not, if we don't help empower p- patients with all of that and we just give them a nutrition lesson, we are doing them a disservice. Now, hear me, please. I am not blaming family doctors. I have so much respect for my family doctor colleagues because they handle so much stuff. They're looking after every medical condition and question that comes through their door. I think this is more of a system issue. It's a government funding issue in a, you know, publicly funded healthcare model. This is not a family doctor issue. Our government, at least in Canada, does not fund health. It funds disease. So there's very little funding that goes into improving health and preventing disease. And it's all about like the fancy cath labs that gets like a lot of PR or the big academic cancer center. And while those things are absolutely necessary, I'm not knocking them at all, I think we all know that there's very little attention to actually improving our health. It's all about treating these diseases when they come. So, you know, there's no funding on how to teach people to improve their health behaviors or focus on like eating whole foods. There's no funding so that they can learn how to change their behaviors in the long term and change habits. What they learn is like follow a diet, right? They may learn some simple nutrition information, but information like knowledge is not implementation, does not teach you how to actually follow through. Like learning what a a carbohydrate is doesn't actually change behavior in the long term. So when a person isn't able to control their diabetes with these, quote, lifestyle measures that we educated them on and that they were supposed to implement, then the next step is prescribing medication. And then their diabetes progresses and they get another medication and another medication. And then they go on insulin. And that you know, really irks me. I think that medications are important and I'm not anti-medication, but I just think that we are not doing a good enough job of empowering people to live their healthiest lives. There isn't enough focus on promoting health in our population. And that is why people end up on so many medications. You know, with diabetes, at least in its early stages, it can be effectively controlled with dietary interventions. And for people who are willing to make changes, we need to do a better job at coaching them on how to implement these changes effectively for the long term. So again, giving them knowledge is not enough. We need to teach them how to implement. That is the same with obesity. So while not all obesity is behavioral, there are many effective behavioral interventions that will reduce adiposity and improve health and wellness in an empowering way, in a self-loving way, in a self-compassionate way. I'm not talking about punishing diets and stuff like that. That is not what I'm talking about. That is not what I teach. But, you know, teaching someone to count their calories is not an effective behavioral intervention. And in a lot of the obesity world, that is what we do, right? And it's, it's just bad medicine, in my opinion. And the problem is that none of our medical training teaches us how to coach people on behavior change, right? Like that's, that goes to, you know, psychology and things that are much more complex that we don't learn in our medical training. So in my medical training, I was never taught on how to coach on behaviors or psychology. In medical school, we got a one-hour lecture on glycemic index, and that was about the extent of our nutrition training. So again, it is a system issue where we are taught as physicians to treat disease. We are not taught how to promote health. 
And that is a failure of our medical system, in my opinion. Even my registered dietitians, like I talk to them all the time and they'll admit that in their training, they learned about the knowledge side of nutrition, but they did not learn about the implementation side. So for myself and our team, we have had to get all of this training to learn how to support long-term behavior change, how to uncover the mindsets that are keeping people in like self-defeating patterns of behavior, how to help our clients love themselves to better health instead of loathing themselves to try to lose weight. And that is all you know, stuff we have had to seek out because it's not part of the regular training that people get in healthcare. So my point is, all right, <laughs> I feel like I've gone off on a tangent on like this huge rant. My point is that, you know, obesity is a chronic medical condition. If you want to, you know, if you follow what the guidelines say and what the medical associations say, but we need to do way better at empowering people to understand what are the drivers that they can control and how can they make changes in their life to optimize their health, not just prescribe medications or, you know, surgery. Is there a role for both? Yes, absolutely. There's a role for medications and I prescribe them frequently with my patients, but it's not just a, here's a medication and go home. It is teaching them the whole package and it's not just one thing. Just like it's not one diet, it's also not just one medication, right? So we need to do better with empowering people. All right, the second part I wanted to talk about is language. So when I give, I give a lot of what we call CME or uh, continuing medical ed education to other physicians. And what I teach is that we need to use person first language. And there's a big push for this. So we don't say that obese person, that fat person. We say it is a person with obesity, same as we say it's a person with diabetes. So we put the person before their disease. And I have been saying, you know, telling people like, this is how we combat fat bias. And this is how we are respectful. And then I started reading about the fat acceptance movement. And it seems like the exact opposite is true. So within that movement, what I've been reading online is that some people like to be called a fat person. It's much more accepted than the term obesity. So it's so tough with language because everyone is going to have a different opinion. You know, there are some people who love the word obesity and identify with it and love the idea that it is a medical condition because that relieves fault and shame and others who absolutely hate that. And I don't think there's going to be ever one right way to describe this, right? It's clearly, this is a really contentious issue, I suppose I could say. It is an issue where there's a lot of people who've experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of stigma and a lot of judgment. And so it's tricky, right? So some people like people with obesity, others like obese people, fat people, people with large bodies, curvy people, large bodied, heavy. I don't know what the right language is. That's kind of my bottom line takeaway from this. So what terms people prefer or dislike are likely related to how they've been abused or traumatized in our society because of their weight. Now, in my mind, explaining that obesity is a medical condition alleviates the idea of fault or fat shaming. But I'm also aware that there are many within the haze, the health at every size community, who would disagree with that. So quite frankly, like, I just, I just don't know. All right, number three of what I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the Hayes movement. So I'm going to say up front, I don't know a huge amount about it. That's why I want to bring someone on from that community to talk to me on the podcast. But I have read online and I've followed some people on Instagram. I've watched YouTube videos. I'm not a Hayes member or expert, so I just want to acknowledge that very respectfully. From what I've seen, I actually agree with much of what the Hayes movement teaches. So body acceptance at every size and shape respect by celebrating body diversity, finding joy in moving one's body and being physically active, and eating in a flexible and attuned manner that honors internal cues of hunger, society, and appetite. 
I agree with all of that. Like, I have nothing against any of that. I think that's amazing. And it's actually a huge part of my messaging to the people that I serve. I want you to love your body exactly as you are. I want you to know that you're a beautiful creation and that you're fully worthy and valuable exactly as you are. And I know many people who want to lose weight or adiposity because their health is impacted by it. They have medical conditions. They have sleep apnea, low energy, arthritis, diabetes. They can't go on a roller coaster. They can't keep up with their friends when they're hiking. They're winded going up the stairs. They feel lethargic and don't have energy to go biking with their kids. These are the real stories that I hear from my patients every day. Now, that doesn't mean that someone with a larger body can't do these things. Not at all. I know that there are people with larger bodies who are triathletes, and they are hugely fit. Amazing. So having a larger body is not equated with unhealthy behavior. Let me make that very clear. But for the people that I serve, the people, you know, the people who I serve know that they are not necessarily prioritizing their health. And maybe they're dealing with some disordered eating behaviors. That's just kind of my niche. Like that is who we really do well and empower to choose to care for themselves in the very best way possible. And I know for them, when they change their health behaviors and effectively lose weight, they feel better, they engage in their life more, they're able to do things like hike and kayak better than they could before. So I feel it is a disservice to deprive people of improving their health and wellness through behavioral changes that lead to weight loss. Do you need to lose weight to love your body? Absolutely not. Do you need to lose weight to be the healthiest version of you? Not necessarily. But if you love yourself and you want to lose weight too, then I'm happy to support you. I do not think that loving yourself and wanting to lose weight are mutually exclusive. Just like I don't think that loving where I'm at in my life right now and having huge aspirations to do and be more are mutually exclusive, right? I can hold those two ideas in tandem without it being a problem. That is how I see body positivity and obesity as a medical condition. Those two concepts can stand together. Now, I think the problem is that people with larger bodies have experienced so much fat shaming. So let's just talk about that piece because it it needs to be talked about. As a society, we need to stop judging people for their body shape or size. Fat shaming comes from our unconscious and conscious attitudes and beliefs about people with larger bodies. So every single one of us has some bias because we grew, like we all grew up in a, you know, thin promoting society. That's just what our culture was. And, you know, quite frankly, still is much of the time. And, you know, it's because in our media, our TV, for decades, we've kind of made fun of or villainized people with larger bodies as being lazy and stupid. And if you look at TV shows in the 90s, this was super prominent, right? Like it was it was just culturally accepted. If you watch news stories even now, you'll see that when there's a when there is a news story about obesity, quite frequently the person is portrayed headless, so you can't see them as though it's like shameful to see their face. They are portrayed unkempt, their clothing doesn't fit properly, they're usually eating junk food. It's just they're painted in this really unfavorable light. And that is why so many of us have have weight bias. There's also been this long-held belief that obesity is simply a matter of calories in, calories out. And so this placed the blame on people with excess adiposity that they simply couldn't control themselves, right? It's their fault. And then you get all these fitness influencers and commercial diets that teach people to restrict and count calories or macros or whatever and exercise more and you should be skinny. Everyone should be able to be skinny. And then that doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we blame the person, right? That's fat shaming. And all of this is wrong and we all need to do better. 
So do I believe that our behaviors play a role in adiposity? Yes. But is that the full story? Absolutely not. Does telling someone to count calories or eat less help them to change their behaviors? Also, no. In my opinion, obesity is best treated by empowering people to love themselves and their bodies first, and from there decide what is the healthiest way that you can live. Does that include making some dietary and lifestyle changes? Does that include taking a medication to treat impaired hypothalamic physiology? Does that include considering bariatric surgery? The answer is going to be different for everyone. Now, a comment for the healthcare providers in this group, whoever's listening. I also think that weight bias comes into play at the doctor's office when you go in to discuss your abdominal pain, but your doctor talks to you about losing weight. That is a problem. There have been many studies looking at this that if people experience judgment or weight bias from their physician, they're less likely to return for ongoing medical treatment. We know that there are people with obesity who are reluctant to see their doctor because they're afraid of being fat shamed. And then that leads to poor health care, misdiagnoses, failed treatment of other health conditions. It's a huge problem. When I give CME, what, I, what is recommended by the guidelines and what I have taught is that as physicians, we need to ask permission to discuss weight and be willing not to if the patient doesn't want to discuss it. That's totally okay. Weight should also be addressed as a, an independent issue, not as the bottom line reason for every other medical complaint a person has. Now, on the flip side of this, I know also there are many family doctors who are terrified to address weight because we're all kind of tiptoeing around this topic and we, and we don't know what the right way to talk about it is. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today because we all just don't know what language to use. We don't want to offend people, but we want to help people, but maybe they don't want to be helped. It's all, it's all very confusing. So I think just the idea of asking permission in a really compassionate way after you've built up trust and relationship with a patient is, I think, the ideal way to handle it. My bottom line message is this. Absolutely everyone should celebrate bodies of all shapes and sizes. And there is not one definition of beauty. And there's also not one definition of health either. If you want to lose weight, awesome. Let's get you appropriate support beyond dieting to be able to do it effectively without hating and punishing yourself. If you don't want to lose weight, that is awesome too. Go and be you. You can be thin and healthy or you can be thin and unhealthy just as you can be larger and healthy or larger and unhealthy. And to quote a colleague, she said this, instead of focusing on making fat people thinner, we should focus on making all people, thin or fat, healthier. I thought that was such a beautiful way to capture this. We all need to stop fat shaming and just support one another in living our best lives emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically. All right, friends, if this is helpful, I want you to share this on your social media channels. So here's what you're going to do. Take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook and tag me at Sasha High MD. I will absolutely repost and share the love. This conversation is so important to have. And again, I'm willing to be corrected because I don't know. I don't have the right answers here. I just wanted to explore this with you and reflect on it with you and get you thinking about it too. So I love all of you. I believe in all of you. May today be healthy and happy, whatever your body shape and size. Make sure to give yourself some love and appreciate all that your body can do for you today. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.